Today, behind the curtain segment from the Choke Clan Wrestling Report, we are going to be talking about the return of CM Punk back in the WWE. We're going to give you what is the reaction, what could be next, who he could be facing, is he going to get finally his main event at WrestleMania? Plus, we're going to be talking about why Tony Khan cannot comment on CM Punk's return to WWE. Plus, we're going to be talking about who is next to face Rhea Ripley for that world title? She has been pretty much the whole damn roster. We're going to be talking about that and much more on the Chokesland Wrestling Report Behind the Curtain series. Is the moment we've all been waiting for. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, Let's get ready to rumble! Welcome to another episode of the Chokesland Wrestling Report Behind the Curtain series. And I want to I want to thank everybody who check out this podcast, audio podcast. But we have a lot to talk about today as we're going to be talking about CM Punk returns to the WWE. Now, when I was planning to do this week's audio podcast or the Behind the Curtain series, I was thinking of doing the Survivor Series review. But on Saturday, as I watched the Survivor Series and whatnot, which it was a pretty good show, it was uh, kind of was a little slow in the beginning with the women's war games, but it picked up. Uh, soon as the men's war game was over, I said, oh, well, you know, it's over. You know, I'm about to go to sleep. I'm about to get on Twitter and make fun of all these CM Punk fans who thought he was going to show up. Now, throughout the whole night, they were teasing that Randy Orton was not going to show up. And in my head, I'm thinking, please tell me they're not going to bring CM Punk to join, you know, um, Cody Rhodes' team when they already had announced it on Monday night the week before that Randy Orton was coming up. So they teased that, they teased that, and then finally when Randy Orton came out, which was pretty good the way they did it because, you know, Rhea Ripley came out with uh, Damon Priest's Money in the Bank briefcase, and it looked like he was going to cash in his Money in the Bank on Seth Rollins in the cage. That's when Randy Orton came out. But it was the ending of the War Games Survivor Series when I said to myself, oh, it's over. And CM Punk, uh, of personality, started playing in the arena in the place one berserk. Now, the funny part about it is when I saw this, I was like, wow. So like I say, wow. And so they really did sign him, right? So Saturday night all the way to Sunday afternoon, I'm saying to myself, well, you know WWE's going to give this man a live mic and 
he's going to go and trash AEW because that was the thing. That was the, the, the thing about when they were saying that CM Punk may show up in Survivor Series and next night they're going to give him a live mic and he's going to go off, you know, saying on AEW, trash him, give him the pipe bomb on AEW. And so I'm like, wow, I'm going to be waiting for this to happen. Well, it's forward for Monday Night Raw this week. And everything that I expected from CM Punk to come out, it didn't, he didn't say really much. It was like a disappointment to me because this was supposed to be the must-see Monday Night Raw. And I'm sure they got good numbers. I'm sure they did because everybody was expecting for CM Punk to go volcano mode. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, Fast and Furious uh, fire on AEW. So I'm sure a lot of people was tuned in for this. The show itself, I really can't judge on it. I know that there was a match between Ivar uh, against Bronson Reed, which these two guys went at it, which, I mean, I like that type of wrestling where these guys uh, go and, 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 you know, um, heavy hitters go at it. And I mean, I think it ended up disqualifying both of them or uh, no contest, whatever it was. But I kept going back and forth, back and forth. Uh, I saw that Cody Rose announced he's going to be in the Royal Rumble. And I'm saying to myself, you know, uh, Cody Rose cannot win this Royal Rumble again because people are going to turn on him. Um, And then when CM Punk came out, and he pretty much said something that I was like, mm, I don't believe anything that it's saying coming out of his mouth. When he said, I'm a changed man, I said to myself, how in the world can someone change in two months, in 60 days? So right there, I was like, mm, he's bullshitting right there. Then he started talking about how much he loved the fans and how they kept chanting his name, whatever. And I'm saying to myself, well, they didn't never stop chanting your name even when you left. And I felt like I was watching AEW Rampage because the way he was talking about the fans, it kind of reminded me when he came in in AEW and whatnot. So right there, I was like, okay, he's doing almost the same damn promo that he did at Rampage on August of 2021. And out of nowhere, he said something about, you know, that, People hugged them and all this and that. I mean, I don't know if it's true or not. Uh, I, I really don't know. Um, so I'm not going to even really, uh, um, you know, uh, comment on that because I'm sure there's a lot of people who are not happy to see them. Um, and that was shown pretty much at the Survivor Series when Seth Rollins went ballistic. I, and again, I don't know if that's a work or not, but we're going to get into that. But pretty much this... CM Punk talking about he changed. He's there to, you know, to make people go to the next level. He he pretty much said that there was a legend who told him, you know, speak from the heart. He was talking about Dustin Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes, actually. Then he talked about the wise man. He was talking about Paul Heyman, that if you leave, in order for you to get what you want at that place where you leave, you got to go and come back. So, but it was the the the, the thing he said afterwards. He said how much he loved the fans. But then he goes and turns around and says, after he says that some people like him in the back, some people don't, that he's there to make money, 
not friends. So, and then the look he gave was the asshole look that he gives, which meant to me that he claimed he changed, but I don't think he did. But again, the whole promo, just five minutes, right? Now, I'm not one of these guys out there, um, CM Punk fans, CM Punk marks, who wanted him to get in that mic and just trash AEW. You know what I'm saying? And to me, it was more of maybe Triple H and Tony Khan. I mean, not Tony Khan, Nick Khan was like, well, this is what you're going to say. They're not, they weren't going to acknowledge AEW. They were not going to give the live mic to CM Punk for him to talk about AEW on a Monday Night Raw show. Because WWE does not acknowledge AEW as competition. Especially now, because they're doing good numbers, and they just got bought by Ari Emanuel and TKO and whatnot. So, then they're making good money and whatnot. The numbers are causing Raw, of course, people watch more Raw than Dynamite and everything because, you know, they're more entertainment fans, I guess, than pro wrestling fans out here. But anyway, so they were not, and I can re- and I repeat, they were not going to allow CM Punk to go in there and trash AEW so AEW could be mentioned at their their flagship show. They weren't going to do that. But it also shows me that he is now pretty much leached and whatnot. You cannot do the same thing you did in AEW and whatnot. So that goes to show you that that's what it, he signed for a couple, says a couple of multi-year deal, but he cannot do what he was doing in AEW. It's not free. It's not free roaming now, free roaming and, and telling young wrestlers what to do, whatever. Not no more. But see, the funny part about it is that to me, um, the first thing I started asking myself, okay, when I saw Survivor Series and he showed up, Seth Rollins was irate and his reaction, what to me was, was it a legit reaction i said there's already problems already you know what i'm saying seth rollins flipping out why is seth rollins flipping out that i remember that he said he had told cm punk in january stay away from wwe and then he said then a couple of i think a couple of months later he said he felt bad that you know he had to say that to cm punk because cm punk helped him a lot when he was coming up and, and wwe but to me is you know is he the one that's going to face CM Punk at WrestleMania 40 and actually gives, finally CM Punk gets his main event at WrestleMania, either night one or night two, but he gets his night one because night two, as you know, that's, that's reserved for Roman Reigns. So to me, I say, well, is he going to be the one who's going to dethrone Seth Rollins? But we talking about from here to WrestleMania? I mean, that's almost about another five months, six months. Or he faces Seth Rollins at Royal Rumble. But again, I believe that CM Punk came back because he wants his main event WrestleMania moment and whatnot. So that was one of my questions. I said, why was Seth Rollins irate? And then the funny thing is that Seth Rollins spoke about him the night later in Peoria, Illinois. Now, there was a report saying that 
Triple H had to uh, escort, oh, not escort, but push um, several rounds to his locker or whatever it was, and that CM Punk was confused. I don't know how legit those reports are, but people question it. Is it, is it a work or not? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's a work or not. These two guys work in WWE. And whatever management tells them to do for the, for the sake of business, that's what they're supposed to do. But at the same time, it kind of brings in uh, like a, I don't know, Santana Ortiz type thing. They don't they don't like each other no more, but they have to wrestle for, for the sake of the business. So we might get that. So, but then we got the thing about what happened to, uh, you know, talking about Drew McIntyre had walked away. Uh, you know, that he wasn't, he actually left pissed off. The question is, McIntyre, I mean, has nothing to do with CM Punk. And if he did, I don't I don't remember ever hearing anything Drew McIntyre talking bad about CM Punk in the past. I don't think they have a cross paths like that. I don't really know. But here's the big question. Now, the big question out of all this is, did CM Punk purposely got himself fired when he came back the second time. Because how fast, and the reason I say that is because the man said, oh, I've changed. How in the world have you changed in 60 days? You just got fired from another company 60 days ago, and you were still doing the same bullshit that you did when you came back after your broken foot, okay? Because see, the, the thing is that people... And I'm going to say it like the way it is. People act like, you know, like they got dementia. Because in reality, everybody wants to point fingers at the Young Bucks, at Kenny Omega, whatever. But people forget that CM Punk, when he came back to AAW, when he came back, came back from his uh, foot injury, he came back angry. And they already have what? He, this, he got hurt in June of last year. He came back in August. And did a, a, a shoot on Hangman Page. Now, my first thing in my head was, why is he doing a shoot on Hangman Page about something that happened three months prior? Okay. Calling out Hangman when he knew Hangman was not in the building. Okay. Then we go forward when he wins the AEW title. Then he wants to start talking about Cole Cabana because he feels that Cole Cabana was about to get let go, whatever. And start talking about something that he had about 15 years ago and, and talked about Coca Banner's mom and her bank account, which to me, I was like, why is it you? Why are you doing that? And that was the night that MJF just came back and he spoiled that. Then not only that, then he decided to call out the EVP, which was the young boys of Kenny Omega and the young, the, the EVPs approached him about it. Whether, whatever happened, who, who threw the first shot, did the, the, the young books kick the door down, whatever he called them out. Okay, and there's reports, and I kept saying that you don't want to check it. You go all to my all my all my CM Punk uh, videos that I have on my YouTube channel where I speak about this. Okay, when he first when Hangman Page won the, the AEW World Title in Jan, um in November of twenty twenty one, I believe it was. Yep, twenty twenty one, and by February of twenty twenty one, CM Punk was already in Tony Khan's ear talking about. You know, he was worried about Hamman Page being the world champion. And that was reports all over the place. So then he leaves, he gets suspended, he gets injured, comes back, and the second time he comes back, 
he still comes with a bigger chip on his shoulder, yet he's still talking about he wants to work with the with the elite. And but he came back with that attitude. So, you know, people want to play dementia. And all I heard during this whole time was, you know, oh, um, you know, CM Punk, um, he he um uh, you know, he tried to work with them, whatever, but you know, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. But, you know, we're going to be talking more about that because there's more I want to talk about. So we're going to take a break and we're going to come back to talk more about CM Punk. This is the infamous ultimate one from the Boogie Down Bronx. And you're listening to the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. And we're back. So let's continue on talking about the CM Punk situation. And um, so we left off on the part where he came back the second time. And of course, when he came back, there were talks about the the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. They didn't want to talk to him. They didn't want to work with him, whatever. And at the same time, Tony Khan brought him back and had him with, or, or actually came back and created his own show, which is AEW Collision at this at this present moment. But what happens? He gets into the show. Now he wants to bring his friends into the show. Guys like the Hardys, guys like the Young Bucks, guys like Kenny Omega, uh, John Moxley. None of these people can be in AEW Collision. He had the House of Black. He had FTR. He had Ricky Stark. He had Big Bill. He had all his friends in the show. And people say that the show was better when he was in it. Now, did he put people over? Yes, he put people over. He put Ricky Stark over and whatnot. And um, I think he took a couple of pins. He had a couple of matches with Jay White, which was pretty good because, I mean, we got to see that in tag team, even though it was never one-on-one. Um, um, but he wasn't, he was already still doing things that led me to believe that he was looking to get fired. He was looking to get fired because he knew that he was on the contract and whatnot. So he's going to be CM Punk, whatever the hell he wanted. Now, the second part, of course, was with the Jack Perry and whatnot. And uh, Jack Perry wanted to put somebody through a glass, which was stupid, in my opinion. And, you know, but before that, he went and um, he was, I think, in Virginia or North Carolina, something like that. And there was a fan with a hangman page sign. And he went off on the mic after the cameras were not live anymore on the TV and went off on Hangman Page. So he was just looking for little stuff to get himself fired. The man came back with a chip on his shoulder and whatnot. He came back with his own AEW World Heavyweight title on whether he was the real world champion. Um, it was just stuff that led me to believe that once he got fired after that whole thing at All In between him and Jack Perry, it led me to believe that he purposely got himself fired. And the reason I say that, because a couple of months before that, he was in a plane heading to Chicago and he bumped into a bunch of WWE wrestlers or whatever. And he went along with them in the arena and he met up with Triple H. But 
Vince McMahon did not want him in the in the building, so he had him escorted out. But I already tell you that he was already hanging out in the locker, the locker in at a at a raw event or was about to be a raw event while he was still on the AEW contract. So again, now this is all in the past now. Now he got fired. Now he's back. What do I see for him? Um, as far as concerned, he's not going to be able to do any other stuff that, you know, um, that he usually does. You know what I'm saying? He can't go roaming around thinking that he could do pipe bombs. And I mean, they showed it. They showed that Monday night raw. He wasn't able, they were like, you're not mentioning your old employer in our show. It's not going to happen. And again, I'm sure Tony Khan was a little bit disappointed because the company name or or his name or anybody from the company was um, not mentioned. But, you know, but at the end of the day, fine. I mean, I'm happy for CM Punk to be at WWE. Maybe he gets finally his main event. Now, the one thing I want to correct here is because a lot of people, and I have people, uh, all the uh, um, peers that tell me that I hate CM Punk. I don't hate CM Punk as a performer. I hate CM Punk as a man. And I was the first one to put on Twitter Saturday night, he's a hypocrite. And yes, he is a hypocrite because there was little clips going around Twitter with where he one point went off on MJF and told him, if you want to go to the other side because you think the the, the grass is green on the other side and you want to join the, you know, two for one spot nine for forty nine ninety five something like that, he went off on WWE. And that's the thing. That's what I say. He's a hypocrite. As a man, he's a hypocrite. Now, do I think he could bring merchandise? Do I think he uh, uh, is a big draw? I don't know about big draw because, I mean, if you look at the numbers at Collision when he was in there, the numbers, the only time that Collision went up over 500,000 was the first episode, and he was in there. After that, they only went to 400,000. That's it. They didn't go no far, no higher than that. Now, mind you, yes, it's a Saturday night. It's crazy. You got basketball. You got baseball. Well, during the summertime, it was mostly baseball games and, and, and stuff like that. Um, but, yes, he, uh, draw... <laughs> He, I mean, he, he could still be a draw, but I don't know. But what I'm looking at here is um, he is not going to be able to do all the stuff that he usually do. Now, also, um, maybe he can talk about, he can bash AEW because maybe of some legal legal uh, ramifications or, or, or legal um, contracts that were signed when he got fired. Because Tony Khan says he can't talk about CM Punk returning to WWE because he was in um, Steve Herman of BBC West Midlands to promote the All In 2024 ticket sale. Tony Khan was asked about CM Punk's return to WWE. And he said, can't talk about that, nor do I think it's the time or the place. I appreciate you asking. I'm very excited about AEW All In at Wembley Stadium. Not to dodge or duck your question. It's just something I can legally talk about. Legally. So there is some legal legality in there that he can't talk about it. 
because probably there's a gag order. Um, who, who knows? Who knows? But I hope, to be honest, when it comes to Tony Khan, I hope there was a lesson to be learned. Because he, you had probably not for nothing one of the biggest stars in the business and whatnot. And mind you, you cannot always blame everything on Tony Khan either. I mean, you got to blame Tony Khan because Tony Khan, I think he even gave this man, I think he was the the EVP because he had two contracts when he came back the second time. You know what I'm saying? When he came back the second time because he had two contracts as a, a thing as a as a producer for the collision and he had a contract as a performer. So but Tony Khan needs to hope he learns this lesson and it's a wake up call because if you continue to keep you know doing what you're doing, you're not gonna go far. And we're gonna talk about that later. Uh, we're gonna talk about, you know, they need to step it up now. Because WWE right now is just on some fucking level right now. It's ridiculous. Compared two years ago where they were at. You know what I'm saying? Um, even though there's the the Monday Night Raw shows are there's not something for me that I want to stay up. I suffered last uh last night watching this damn Monday Night Raw waiting for CM Punk to come out, only to come out for five minutes and not say much. So the highly anticipated Monday Night Raw show was a dud. To me, it was a dud. It reminds me of the match between uh, Kenny Omega versus John Moxley, and everybody thought the whole thing was going to explode, and it was a dud. It was a fizzle, and that's exactly what happened. Now, again, I understand why probably he wasn't allowed to do that because WWE doesn't want to acknowledge AEW on the flagship show. And then again, if there's some legal legal stuff, a legal contract, then either CM Punk can talk bad about AEW and AEW cannot comment on CM Punk. So, you know, and that's stuff that, you know, that people got to understand. So now um, let me talk about the, when it comes to the fan part. Okay. When it comes to the fans, you know, it's funny because when this happened Saturday night, the stupidity and yes, I'm going to go all out on this because this is ridiculous. The stupidity and the comments that were made because CM Punk came back. AEW is going to die. AEW is going to the toilet. AEW is not going to be around anymore. Their TV deals, they're not going to be nowhere. They're, I mean, it was just ridiculous, constant thing. And I'm just looking at it like, oh, my God. And somebody even went as far as to say, well, the foundation of AEW has left the WWE. First of all, Again, because the IWC is just toxic like a mofo and dumb like a like a donkey. Dumber than a mule, right? When I hear stuff about them about oh AEW is gonna die. AEW is not gonna last long. Tony Khan don't know what he's doing. Well, that part I could agree. Um they're gonna die, they're not gonna be around in the next two years. I laugh because this is the same thing when WWE was the only game in town. Okay. Yes, you have Ring of Honor, but Ring of Honor wasn't that big. But you had Impact. Everybody said, oh, Impact is going to die within two, three years. Impact is still around. Now known as TNA. TNA been around since the same amount of time Ring of Honor has been around. Okay. Since 21 years, and they still around. Yet, 
AEW has more money than uh, TNA and better wrestling than TNA, but they're already saying that they're going to die. Why? Because the hate for AEW is ridiculous. I'm going to keep saying that over and over again. It's the cool thing to do now. You know what I'm saying? And then the funny thing, I see podcaster, like a, like a, 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 a guy who I follow that I see on Monday nights and whatnot. Most of you know who I'm talking about. Was a big AEW supporter. Talk highly about AEW. Now all of a sudden, WWE is doing good. Now he talks a lot of crap about Tony Khan. Talks a lot, you know, and it's just stupidity at the stupidity that I hear from this podcaster. Talk about Ring of Honor is dead because he's an he's an idiot. He doesn't watch Ring of Honor. He doesn't even watch Impact. Okay, so how can you call yourself the best wrestling podcaster in the in the IWC when you only watch WWE and you watch AEW because you know because it's part of your content? But that goes to show you the difference. I may be a podcaster. They may not be probably making hardly no money. It may not big. May not be big. And whatnot as all the other ones, but I can at least I keep it real. I don't talk shit. I keep it real. I let you know what it is. Okay. CM Punk coming back to WWE is a good thing for WWE because now you will give him his main event. Now the question is, is he gonna meet up with Seth Rollins unless he's gonna start a feud with somebody else? And Seth Rollins, is he gonna keep that belt all the way to WrestleMania? You know what I'm saying? So anything is possible uh, when it comes to that. So, you know, it's, we don't know. We, we don't know what's going to happen with that. So uh, we'll be right back with more Behind the Curtain. Hi, this is James Rodens from the WNR podcast, and you are listening to the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. So let's talk about AEW and what they have to do in order to um, bounce back, if we could say, because this year has been very bad for them, with the exception of All In and whatnot. They've been doing great in the pay-per-views, but first of all, they've been having a lot of injuries. A lot of their wrestlers are injured. Um, The whole CM Punk uh, drama has left them with a black eye and a big uh, bad taste in the mouth of a lot of pro wrestling fans. But in the top it off, Mr. Tony Khan constantly coming out on TV to make announcements. Um, to be honest with you, AEW needs to fix a lot of things. Number one, let's start off with the women's division. The women's division right now is awful. Okay. Yes, they have pushed Julia Hart, which is about time and whatnot. Um, yes, they've been pushing. Um, they were pushing Chris Stanlander, of course, and Stanlander is one of the main uh, originals. Uh, who else in there? 
sky blue they pushing and whatnot. But that's about it. Soraya lost her title too quick for me. Uh, Hiroki Shida, they gave her the belt three times and her reign was very short. Tony Stone right now is the only one in that group right now that right now has something going as far as a character with her timeless Tony Storm in the women's division. And, you know, they have to do something. And in order for them to to make sure that that division is going to go somewhere, they need to bring in Mercedes Monet and whatnot. And if they were smart, they would work with stardom and whatnot, bring in girls like Jillia, the New Japan Strong Women's Champion, and want to open weight champion and bring her in so she could show what she got. And then maybe y'all get to sign her, you know what I'm saying? Instead of WWE, you know what I'm saying? Cause WWE got her eye on Julia. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, th- that's stuff that they need to work with. That woman's division is horrible. Dustin, Dustin Rose is, I think, managing that. And it's horrible. Thunder Rosa has not been back. Britt Baker. I'm tired of watching her, you know, the tag team division right now, is it's not as hot when they first started. That tag team division right now has deteriorated, if we could say that. The gun, the 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 gun club right now, I'm pretty much I'm, I'm beginning beginning to be a fan of theirs. One because they bullet club, of course. But before I did not wasn't crazy of them being part of bullet club. But their whole presentation, the way they come in, the one way to Yuma, that finishing move, uh, they're pretty good. FTR, of course, FTR is going to give you what they're going to give you, of course. Um, Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Now, Ricky Starks um, is the guy who I'm worried about. They may leave. Because if you think about it already, CM Punk left to WWE. Cody Rhodes left to WWE. Jake Carhill left, even though they, you know, the word around is that she wasn't trained properly in AEW and whatnot. And, um, you know, and again, you know, that, that was the rumor going around by fans. But in, in a way, I took it as Triple H letting them know we're going to make it look better than when she came in because we do things different here. So that's the way I took that. But even if, because if if Jay Carhill wasn't that, wasn't, I don't say that good because it took a while. And then when, before she left, she was getting good. Um, I don't think... WWE would have, you know, um, took their time to get her ready. They would have threw her already in NXT just to see if she she fumbles the ball. But they really, really set on making her a star. But again, that's a loss for AEW. Okay, the as far as the tag team, like I was saying, Ricky Stark is the one, the one guy that I'm worried about that he may leave. Um, and when I, and Ricky Stark is a star. Ricky Starks is a guy that they should be pushing to the moon. And they were pushing him when he was feuding with MJF as a baby face. And then they turned him right back to a heel and whatnot. You know, with him and CM Punk, which it was going good until the whole CM Punk drama again. You know, so the tag team division, I mean, you still got the Lucha, uh, the Lucha Brothers. Um, but in, in, in a way, I'm glad they're getting rid of people in a way. But there was one guy that... Again, another Cody guy, QT Marshall, decided that he left. He was leaving AEW. I don't know if it was because they didn't give me, they didn't give him another contract, but that's a big loss. Regardless, if he was uh, a mid car wrestler, 
the bottom line is he trained a lot of these young wrestlers that AEW has and whatnot. And he has a lot of knowledge in the business. So I won't be surprised if QT Marshall appears and whatnot in NXT or WWE and whatnot. And I have a feeling that Cody Rose is pretty much putting feeders out and trying to get his friends into WWE. Even though at the press conference after Survivor Series, he said something about EVP and then he said, my boys. Did he mention them by name? He said, my boys. So he's talking about the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, you know? So I don't know. I mean, right now there's a black cloud over AEW and whatnot. So as far as the, 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 the talent that they have, they have a lot of talent. Okay. They overbooked the damn MJF versus Jay White. Okay. Uh, making us believe that Adam Cole was going to wrestle with that bad leg. Okay. The devil's, the devil's uh, storyline is going good, but here's the problem. Word came through that MJF has a, a separated uh, injured librium uh, and whatnot. So that's a problem. He's injured. Now, is he going to lose the belt to Samoa Joe on World's End? We'll see. But then again, how is the, the devil going to be real? That's, that's the whole thing. Now, and this is the problem. Guys are taking unnecessary bumps to get the cheer of the crowd and whatnot. This is not good at all with MJF being injured. And the thing is, why would MJF put that he's injured on a Twitter account and then get rid of it, delete it? Is he's trying to play people's, you know, doing that whole, you know, you know, playing the the, the, the fans and, and trolling the fans? Or is he really legit hurt? You know? So... We don't know. We, we, we don't know. To me, AEW right now has a lot of things they need to fix. I mean, Lance Storm has been there for for the last three years. They have not done nothing with this man. This man is a beast in Japan. When it comes to AEW, he's losing to guys like Orange Cassidy. Okay? The Blackpool Combat Club, you don't know if they're heels or not. So, it's just crazy on that part. So there's a lot of confusion. Then you have the, the La Faccion and Gobernables and whatnot. Why is Andrade not part of that? If that they were already a group in Mexico in the past. You know what I'm saying? You got Andrade hanging out with CJ Perry. And when I Miro, why is Miro still beating up everybody? He hasn't that man has not won a title since his last TNT title run. He should have been world champion by now. And whatnot. There's a lot of guys there. The Malachi Black and whatnot. That guy should have been at least TNT champion or international champion, something to that effect. You know, you got to push these guys. You're pushing the same guys over and over again. And, and honestly, things got to change. And now with the signing of them getting Will Ospreay, that should be big. And that should make a difference. It's going to make people step up the game. And the way I'm looking at this right now, as far with these signings, AEW went on their pay-per-view, got Will Ospreay. WWE, as a survivor said, got CM Punk. Now, if you was to ask me who would I take as my main guy in my promotion to lead my promotion, 
I'm sorry, but I'll take Will Ospreay any day of the week. Not disrespecting CM Punk's wrestling talent, but he's, first of all, CM Punk is old. He's 45, I believe. He's injury prone and whatnot. So, you know, nah, he's a hell of a guy, of a guy in the mic. That's one thing. But, you know, right now, the advantage right now as far as what, between WWE and AEW, of course, it's going to be WWE because they do things different. You know what I'm saying? And they don't have to do anything to the fans will get mad at them, but they, they got loyal fans. And the problem here with AEW, you got pro wrestling fans and pro wrestling fans. They're quick to leave a promotion because they're not getting what they want. Okay. And the problem is, and especially with the 18 to 49, uh, you know, crowd, they don't understand that everything is about marinating storylines. They want everything within the first two weeks. That's not the way things work. Okay. If you want a good storyline, a good story that will keep leaving you with cliffhangers. And that, that's a problem the way I see with a lot of wrestling fans don't like cliffhangers. They don't, you know what I'm saying? And that's something that I don't understand. How you do not like cliffhangers. It's ridiculous. But it is what it is. So that's my thought on the AEW. And I think next year they need to step up the game. This Continental Classic that they're doing, that tournament, um, it's going to be good. Because if they're going to crown a Triple Crown champion, which means Ring of Honor, New Japan, Pro Wrestling, AEW, you could defend that belt anyway. Japan, Ring of Honor, AEW, which is pretty good. Now, do I still think Eddie Kings is going to win it? No, I thought I found out that Brody can't beat him. And he's got to step up in the ring with... Brian Danielson. So that's not going to be good and whatnot for um, Eddie Kingston. So we will see what happens. So uh, let's see what happens. So after that, you know, we, we get to see if AEW goes into 2024, you know, balls out or they're going to continue doing the same bullshit they've been doing and whatnot and not be able to get that 1 million mark. Last week, they did pretty good. They did 845. That's 22,000 more views than the week before so we'll see what happens so we'll be right back with more chokesland wrestling report behind the curtain hey what's going on it's your boy jada red sante host of turnbuckle tabloid and you're listening to the chokesland wrestling report get the music back for our last uh segment of behind the curtain so we're gonna be talking about who is next for Rhea ripley's world title and we're also gonna do a little bit of uh you know wrestling news and rumors but let's talk about that who is up next for Rhea ripley's world title now Rhea ripley in my view should be the wrestler of the year for this year this woman has been almost everybody in wwe plus uh her being supposedly the leader of judgment day and her and dom doing so much great stuff on television i mean 
there's nobody else for her to defend the belt but with Becky Lynch. Now, are we going to have that match between Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 40? We don't know because right now they are, te- uh, I mean, it looks like Becky Lynch was teasing something with Rhea Ripley, but Rhea Ripley has been everybody. And the funny thing is a woman's division in WWE um, right now, especially Raw, is 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 competitive. Now, there was a match last week that I saw was Becky Lynch versus Zia Lee. And then this was the, the day before Zia Lee was supposed to wrestle the NXT Women's Champ and whatnot. And it was a good match. I like Zia Lee's style. I like what she brings. Uh, the only thing I didn't like was the fact that Becky Lynch pinned Zia Lee, which I felt that they should have made it like a disqualification. Somebody got involved, you know, because, you know, I felt that didn't, that didn't help Zia Lee because in the following night, she lost an NXT Women's Champion. And Becky Lynch didn't need to win. She didn't need to lose, but she didn't need to win because since she was going to be part of the women's war games. So to me, it's like, okay, you have a good roster with the women's in there, but then sometimes the stuff that's done, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Now, Monday Night Raw for the CM Punk uh, must-see show was run by Bruce Pritchard. No wonder that that wasn't done correctly because Triple H wasn't there. I think that if, if Triple H was there, it would have ran much better, much smoother. But I don't, I don't understand how Bruce Pritchard is still there. I don't understand that. I don't at all. So, but again, what I saw last night, was especially with uh, a match between uh, Zoe Starks and Nia Jax, to me, I'm like, first of all, why they still talking Nia Jax acting like she's going to get another world title shot? I'm like, Nia Jax, you know, she she got an opportunity. She just came in and she's already getting title shots. And why not? She was part of the fireway and whatnot. And, 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 and she got beaten. Uh, well, she uh, she didn't get the pin, but she didn't get pinned. But still, I mean, Nia Jax uh, doesn't do it for me at all. You know what I'm saying? She's sloppy in the ring. Uh, to me, she's sloppy in the ring. She has not improved anything and whatnot. But, you know, um, it's it's crazy. It's crazy because I, I, I said it the day when um, Rhea Ripley beat all those five girls. I said to myself, well, you know, That'll make no sense because now who she's going to wrestle? And they still putting Zoe Stark versus Nia Jax, two women that already uh, Rhea Ripley beat. So to me, the only one left is Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch, is, to me, makes the more sense uh, to wrestle Rhea Ripley for the world title. Now the question is, when is it going to happen? Is it going to happen at Royal Rumble? Is it going to happen in... Um, you know, um, WrestleMania 40, you know what I'm saying? Anything can happen. But then again, you know, I, I know for a fact, sometimes WWE pulls are three ways and all the nonsense. So we, we really don't know. We really don't know what's going to happen. So, um, but that's something to watch. I also checked out, uh, Cody again, the Cody Rose situation, Cody Rose, uh, announced that he's going to be in the Royal Rumble and me and Jay Santi talked about this a couple of months ago, which I feel that if Cody Rhodes wins the 
the the Roman begin, the people are going to turn on him. You know what I'm saying? They're going to turn on him because that'll be the second time he's getting it. Now, if if um, Mr. CM Punk is in the Rumble, then CM Punk may win the Rumble, and then he's going to challenge Seth Rollins, and then uh, uh, Mr. Cody Rhodes could go to SmackDown. But the problem is you can't move to SmackDown right now because as of uh, this past Monday, uh, uh, Nakamura ended up spitting the mist in Cody's eyes. So now it looks like Nakamura and Cody Rose are going to have a type of a program. So to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, I thought they would have moved Cody by now to SmackDown and whatnot, you know, have him go at it with like the Solo Sokoa, Jimmy Uso, and then Roman Reigns come in to like, you know, Royal Rumble season and stuff like that. But they haven't done anything. They actually they went and they put Nakamura as another challenger for Cody Rhodes. So, um, going away from WWE, uh, Great Okan from New Japan Pro Wrestling teases his interest in AEW. Say his mission is to be the savior of Japanese wrestling. Yes, you heard that correctly. So, Great Okan teases following. Following Will Ospreay to AEW, New Japan star Great Khan has seen several of his United Empire stablemates sign with AEW. As Will Ospreay, Mark, da- Mark Davis, and Kyle Fletcher have all joined the company, Great Khan has also competed for the promotion through its working relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling. However, he remains primarily featured in New Japan and is currently competing in the World Tag League. So, speaking of Tokyo Sport, and Great Okan was asked to name the teams he is interested in. I'm curious about Bishop Khan and Toa Leona, team from A, from AEW. From their names, I think they look up to Hanari, but there are a lot of guys in AEW who had to pay back their debts, such as Moxley and MTFTR. Would it be nice to use those two as a stepping stone to get into AEW with Osprey? After noting that Osprey will continue to be part of the United Empire, after he joins AEW, Great O'Connor, that he talked to his stablemate about the move and hinted at his interest in following him there. I talked to Osprey. I'm sorry. It's still painful. Of course, it's painful. You could have said so. You could at least risk our lives with us. We're, we're all friends. Say you want to go. I want to go. Say I want to go. Let's go. Let's go to AEW, Great O'Connor said. When the interview noted them that meant that Great Ocon will be able to go to AEW. Great Ocon stated that it's no wonder they're offering him a great deal. He also joked that he's distant relative of Tony Khan, but emphasized that he has a mission to be a savior of Japanese wrestling world. He said, how do you know? It's no wonder they're offering me such a great deal. I want to drive a Kanyin with that money. Is it too much to ask to buy land in Ioma? It's like Tony Khan, as he is called. But for now, I have a mission. Sinsuke Nakamura said that the Japanese wrestling world needs a savior. Who else but me? I will be the chosen savior. In July 2023, Great Okan said he declined an offer from Tony Khan. So, we'll see. Uh, Great Okan will make a great addition to AEW, but I'd rather have him stay in New Japan than be part of the United Empire because, I mean, he comes, we'll see what happens. So, you know, uh, Cody Rose said he can't wait to see what QT Marshall does next after departing AEW. We spoke that about, about a little while ago. He said 
Cody Rhodes commented on QT Marshall's AEW resignation. QT Marshall wore a lot of hats in AEW. One of those hats was to be Cody Rhodes' assistant in the early days of the promotion. Marshall and Rhodes were also involved in on a ca- on, on a ca- camera rivalry. Following Marshall's announcement of vaccination of OLE Wrestling on Monday, November 27th, Rhodes has now commented on Marshall's decision via a new tweet where he reflected upon working with him. He said, did the work was essential in making so many memories for fans and has been so instrumental in helping countless wrestlers. A pro's pro. We almost became friends. Ha! I can't wait to see what you do next. And OG and outstanding number two through his tenure. Congratulations, QT, on the uh, let me see on the run so far. So there you go. So and you know, of course, QT Marshall had texted. He said, "Thank you, AEW." He said, "Thank you, AEW. Thank you, Tony Khan. I had the privilege of being here since day one, and I ran over 754 men for all elite wrestling, and I always with pride." As much as I enjoy being the VP, manager of talent relations, wearing a myriad of hats, the company has changed a lot since 2019 and is heading in a different direction. And I feel that it's best that I do the same as we only get one chance to go all in. I have officially resigned from AEW and will have fulfilled all obligations by the end of 2023. Thank you to everyone from the front office to the production truck to some of the guys. Uh... And, and it's crazy because QT Marshall, yes, he may have been a, uh, you know, a mid-card wrestler. I think he was a AAA Latin, Latin American champion. I don't know if he lost that, but I think he probably lost it to, um, what's his name, to Commander. But, you know, um, QT Marshall would be missed. And, and that's another guy who was a Cody guy. So AEW cannot continue to lose Cody guys. Because it's not good. Um, and it's, it's becoming scary. Because now, you know, AEW keep losing guys, keep losing guys. And, you know, they, they got to produce a new star. They got to create new stars. They got to create something. Um, and it's getting, it's. I mean, the outlook of 2023 going into 2020 does not look good for AEW as far as them losing talent. So we'll see. That is it for me today, guys, as far as the Behind the Curtain series. Um, thank you very much for supporting the podcast. Check out my AEW, um, not the AEW, the uh, the audio podcast through Spotify, uh, Apple, iHeartRadio, Pandora, any audio podcast platform you guys like to listen to, including Amazon Music. Check out my YouTube channel, guys. Also, YouTube channel. I just um, just put a uh, video of the Hangman page and. Um, the Swerve Strickland Texas Deathmatch and my thoughts on that and how everybody is made it bigger than what it really is and made it a big scene because Handman Page drank blood out of uh, um, uh, Swerve Strickland's head, uh, you know, and the reaction of the fans. So check that out and whatnot. Check out the uh, the podcast store tcwr.veryinc.com president.com that's tcwr.veryinkpresident.com and check it out and um give us your thoughts on that uh check out the hats the with the hats the sweaters the t-shirt and whatnot so if i sound tired it's because i mean like i said i'm one i don't stay up to watch monday night raw but you know i stood up watching monday night raw and for for that damn cm punk 
a promo, which it was disappointing. So, um, so yeah, also check out again, uh, check out my TikTok, the Chokeslam Wrestling. Uh, uh, that's the the tag for that. So my little clips in there. So I'm everywhere, guys. So uh, then once again to all my audio podcast listeners, and thank you for supporting the podcast. Until then, guys, I'll see you guys next week and uh, with more behind the curtain. Um, Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Peace.